is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I am Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. This is episode 143 or 144 of the Go Blue Crew. Derek, we have a little bit of a discrepancy. I was hoping you could explain to the people why that is. Yeah, you know, uh, 2020 was a crazy year, and 2021 is off to a crazy start. And last week, I was responsible for editing and getting up the podcast, and it slipped my mind about four times. (laughs) So last week, we had our first awesome discussion about basketball way too late. And it got delayed by a week because it was never posted. And it became, you know, old news as Michigan has now run over three teams since we last chatted. So we're going to try this again. And I apologize to all of our fans, followers, and friends. I didn't want to give it a definitive episode number. I didn't, well, okay, I didn't want to say 144 because the most dedicated listeners would have said, wait a second, you know, they would have noticed. Did you even did you get to the editing part though? I'm curious how far did you get? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I did. <laughs> this is the whole thing, <laughs> you know. Here's, I, here, here's the crazy thing: is last week I was so prepared that I had the the title and description typed out before the show was recorded. I remember you saying that. I was like ready to go. And I, and I feel like, and, and not to make excuses here, I, I accept no excuses in 2021. That's my motto. Good. But I'm going to make a little bit of one. I think that I was so prepared that when the show ended, you know, you go back to your Tuesday, Thursday evening. You know, that's usually when we record. I just thought I did it. And then I didn't do it. And again, man, what a crucial mistake. Not a good start to the year for me. Uh, I'll make up for it. I'm going to get this one up. You know, we record this right now on a Thursday evening at seven. My goal is to have this up by eight. So you can count on me this week. Well, I only bring it up and give you crap because at some point, I think in 2020, this is early 2020, I put up a podcast, but because we do the post pro that's post production in the business, in GarageBand, I forgot to turn off the metronome. <laughs> and so I put on, I published this podcast. And if anybody listened to it, uh, there's a metronome <laughs> keeping beat the whole time. <laughs> on beat as always. I just have to wonder if anybody thought that was on purpose. Surely nobody did. But I mean, maybe for a few seconds, you're like, I wonder if this means anything. Nope, it didn't. I just messed up and, and didn't realize it in time so that's i i can bring that up because i can make fun of myself and say you know i've i've screwed it up too but uh we're we're gonna talk officially for the first time about michigan basketball today and uh this it seems like it's coming so late because michigan is is 10 and 0 uh number six in the country according to ken palm that's the rating i i really like to go with uh up ahead of michigan by the way number four wisconsin number five Iowa, those games will come later. But what is your impression of Michigan through the first 10 games? Yeah, so my impression last week, which I think was after seven, uh, was that this team you know, could be really good. And I think I had basically said I expect them to continue to play 
well throughout the Big Ten season. And the reason being is because it seemed like they were playing some of the most consistent basketball, not only in the Big Ten, but in the nation. I mean, this is a season just like college football where, you know, there's a lot of craziness. There's teams that shouldn't be beating teams um, that are, are making runs. There's teams like Duke that have really struggled so far. Uh, Michigan State had a really poor start to the Big Ten season. Uh, Michigan has seemed to be consistent. And since talking now 10 games in, uh, not only have they seemed just as consistent as the first seven, they're starting to dominate and, and dominate good teams. One of the things you know, we had discussed and many people discussed is, you know, what's Michigan going to look like against a ranked team? And now in back-to-back efforts, um, they've beaten up on two ranked teams. And, and I think last night's win over Minnesota going on a ridiculous run in the second half really showed that, you know, this team has a incredibly high ceiling. I think outside of the two top teams in the nation, Gonzaga and Baylor, uh, Michigan could easily beat the rest of the field on any given night. Again, I think at some point, you know, you'd run into trouble. It is the Big Ten, uh, the best conference for basketball, I think pretty clearly has been for a couple of years now. But when they're at their best, which they've been, you know, in most of the 10 games this season, they look like a team that's going to be hard to beat, you know, all season long. Michigan's most recent game against Minnesota, an 82-57 win, um Hunter Dickinson looked really good as he has throughout this season that was like you said the win that we had kind of been waiting for uh you know what does this Michigan team look like against good quality competition and I mean that was that was as convincing as they come Saturday's game against Penn State postponed we'll have to see if that gets slotted in somewhere later uh, in the season other than that you know the next game Tuesday January 12th against number eight, Wisconsin. Uh, do, have we learned enough about Michigan to say if we're confident in that one, or, or are you waiting on, on on Michigan to play like a top-tier team before you really say how you feel? You know, I honestly think that the way Northwestern started and, and the way Minnesota has played in, in some games, and they also got um, beat up um, this season as well, but I do think that Michigan has the ability to you know, make it very competitive with, again, with any team in the nation, really. And so when I specifically look at Wisconsin in the Big Ten and Iowa in the Big Ten, the, the two, you know, other premier teams, and you don't want to, you know, count out a team like Michigan State ever in a rivalry. Um, Illinois looks really good this year. I mean, there's even teams like in Indiana and Ohio State that can put their best ball together on any given night. But I think with what we've seen in the Big Ten so far and the way that they have just essentially dominated everybody, even Maryland, even though Maryland um, cut it, you know, almost within single digits there at the end. I mean, these are not only double digit victories that these past few games or past couple of games specifically, I mean, they are dominating and a guy like Hunter Dickinson is playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. I mean, it was, you know, he could be one of the better players in the big 10. Now he is one of the better players in the big 10. And he's, you know, right in line with some of the best, um, even Luca Garza, you know, he's, he's brought up in the same conversation, even though, you know, obviously Garza has a little bit on Dickinson and most of it coming from experience and just, you know, he's truly immovable, but Hunter Dickinson is looking that way himself. I know we'll touch more on that, but when I look at, you know, you get the weekend off, um, this is a really tough stretch of a bunch of games in January, um, against ranked teams too. 
And, you know, it's going to be quite the contest. I, I think either of those teams could win. Um, I think they're both really quality teams. But, man, what we've seen from Michigan, it makes it seem like they'd be hard to beat right now just because of the the run they've had. They'd have to have a really off night uh, for me to feel differently at this point. I'm looking at Ken Palm, and, you know, uh, throughout the season there are uh, win-slash-loss percentages projected for each game. Right now, Michigan's looking at a better than 50% chance to win every game except for February 14th as a road game against Wisconsin. So every game, you're looking at a better than 50% chance of winning right now, at least according to Ken Palm. I think that's pretty incredible when you consider just how good and deep the Big Ten is. One thing I want to bring up here, uh, I want your opinion on this. Isaiah Livers, Hunter Dickinson, Franz Wagner, Eli Brooks, Mike Smith, five starters. When they're out there on the floor, how many NBA guys are out there? I'd say I'd say three um, with you know a couple of guys that could get some opportunity. So are you thinking Eli Brooks and Mike Smith as wild cards? Yeah, I, okay. I, you know, you look around the the NBA, and you know, a lot for a lot of people, unless you really, really follow college basketball, and, I, and I'm talking all conferences, all teams, you'll see a lot of guys at some point you don't recognize. Um, guys get two way contracts with the with the you know the way the new ways the G League's working. Um, I'm not saying that an Eli Brooks and a Mike Smith could not be professional players. They could very well go on and play professionally somewhere, but. You have three guys on your roster in your starting five that, I mean, I would be shocked if they're not NBA players, um, especially the way Dickinson's been playing, the way Wagner's really turned it on. And then Isaiah Livers, you've always known, uh, was was at least going to get drafted no matter you know how any of these guys turn out in the NBA. These are three guys that I think would clearly be drafted. They could easily all be drafted after the season. Um, and yeah, you know, you've got two others that are also very capable. Um, and I just think that, you know, this starting five has turned out to be way better than expected. Um, again, this season started with Austin Davis, um, starting until he got hurt. Uh, and to think that that was ever the case is just wild because of the way Hunter Dickinson has been playing. Um, and he was going to do his stuff coming off the bench, um, no matter what, how many minutes he got. But now that he's, you know, he's getting 30 ish minutes and deserves all 30 of them. Um, he's truly looking like he might, you know, easily be the best player on the team. Well, obviously the big thing that, that Michigan got when Austin Davis was healthy is that Hunter Dickinson was able to really ease into his role. And, uh, you know, very fortunate that without Austin Davis, Hunter Dickinson is, has only gotten better. And he's, you know, he hasn't met a defense or a defender yet that's able to stop him even a little bit, really. I mean, he had 28 points against uh, Minnesota. And I think, you know, especially against Minnesota, I noticed that there were a few times, I'm talking like single possessions here and there, where I thought the he, he got a little rushed or, um, you know, things got a little more physical than he was anticipating. Uh, it, it looked, he looked like, you know, a newcomer into the college game in a, in a couple of moments, but for the most part, for the vast majority of the time, he just looks like a guy who's been there and done that. And I think that's the biggest thing for Michigan right now is that this thing could have gone south without Austin Davis. If Hunter Dickinson wasn't able to, um, you know, really pull things together and, and uh, keep himself collected on the court, but that's not been the case. I mean, he's been out there 
the by far the most consistent scorer and you know if you need a bucket like you go give the ball to Hunter Dickinson because you know he's going to get it done yeah I mean it's been incredible to to watch this run he's on um could easily win you know freshman of the week every week at some point they're just going to have to find somebody else to give it to um if not then just give him the freshman of the year right now because I I don't think anything's going to happen to change that I mean even if he were to you know sadly get injured I, I think he's very deserving of that but just this last game in particular and you could say a million good things about him you know over the course of the Big Ten season and really all season as his minutes have increased and his role has you know significantly increased he missed three shots and, and you expect a guy you know his size to you know have a high field goal percentage but the guy is just he's he's dominating um, he's hitting his free throws you know usually you've, you've got a guy who uh, his size, maybe they're not good at the line, but he's been pretty good at the line this year. Um, he has a, you know, in his arsenal, he does have a three-point skill set. I, I don't think he'll ever have to use it at Michigan, but he could, you know, very well turn into more of a stretch five if they needed him to. But they don't because when the ball is in his hands, he makes good decisions, whether it's, you know, getting the ball in the basket or making the right pass. And so why, you know, step behind the line ever if you're being as effective as you are? I think at the next level, a guy like him will definitely have to learn to do that. And no one better than Jawan Howard to teach him that, you know, whether he's only around this year or, or comes back for a second year. Um, but he's so incredibly efficient and to have someone as reliable as he is, I mean, it, it gives these other guys so many opportunities. And like you mentioned, you know, you have up to five guys that, you know, could play professionally, if not more, if you're, if you're considering the bench and even some of the younger guys that will develop. I just think that when a guy like Hunter Dickinson's playing as well as he is, it has to make life so easy on Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers, which is why you've seen both of them be able to turn it on. Um, and when all three of them have a good game, I don't think anyone can beat Michigan uh, this season. All right, last quick thing on Hunter Dickinson since you brought it up, and we'll move on to, to other things after this. But because of the fact that the NBA game is is moving toward uh, you know that stretch five guy, there there aren't a lot of true centers in the game anymore. Do you think that means Hunter Dickinson stays around for a second season, if for no other reason than to try to develop that part of his game? I think you could see him come around for one more uh, just because I, I really think what Juwan Howard's got going on, he's got guys bought in. He watched Isaiah Lever, uh, Livers come back. I think Livers could have been drafted in this most recent draft. Um, I, I just, I see him coming back one more year. I, I wouldn't see much more after that. He is an older freshman. I, I believe he's already 20 years old. Um, you know, maybe, you know, money talks and, and he, you know, goes on his way and, and makes a lot of money, but yeah, with the way the NBA game is, um, I think he could probably benefit from one more year in a system that clearly seems to be doing something right. And I, I really do think, especially because of Juwan Howard's, you know, college NBA experience as a player, and then even as a coach with the Miami Heat, like I don't know that there's really that many better people to learn from, even in the NBA. Like usually you would say, Hey, you know, college coaches are great. There's guys that are staples that have been around forever, like Coach K and Izzo and, you know, many more. But a lot of times people will say, well, you know, they should develop more. They should stay around. And you can make the case that, well, there's no one better to develop with than at the professional level. I mean, Juwan Howard, I think, is one of 
the better teachers in all of basketball, any level right now, because of his experience. And I'm really impressed with him as a coach. I mean, we could have a whole episode just dedicated to how impressive he's been. Um, and so, yeah, in that case, I think Hunter Dickinson comes back because he's got one of the best teachers in the game right now. All right. One thing we talked about in the, in the last episode that I, I sh- the, the last um, unpublished episode, sorry to bring that up again, that I, I want to do again here because I thought it was a good conversation is, is about Mike Smith and Shondi Brown, two transfers, uh, Mike Smith is obviously in the starting lineup and he's been a great point guard for Michigan and Shawnee Brown comes off the bench and brings so much energy and he's a really aggressive guy. I, I wonder where Michigan would be right now if one or both of them weren't here uh, because uh, I just, I think they bring, they bring a lot of experience, even though it's not with Michigan. And I'm sure that that leads to, you know, they're, I'm sure they're two of the more uh, mature guys better leaders and, and and stuff like that but you know at, at, uh, at the same time like they, they just are straight up good players too I mean Mike Smith can can basically do everything uh, you would want a point guard to do and like I said about Shondi Brown I mean I, I just love seeing him play because he has such an intensity he he plays defense like a madman every time he touches the ball when he's fresh off the bench you know he's putting up a shot it's, it's that kind of play that, that I don't know, I just I like to see. It gets me excited. What do you think those two have meant to this team this year? I think it's made a world of difference. And I think that this squad could be good without him. Uh, you'd obviously see Eli Brooks um, you know, playing more of the point guard. You'd probably see Zeb Jackson thrown into the fire a lot more than the you know, few minutes he gets a game, and mostly at the end of the game. Um, but, I mean, these are, these are two guys that, um, you know, had a lot of responsibility at their former programs. Uh, a lot, you know, fell on them as, you know, what you can consider the stars of their teams, especially Mike Smith. I mean, he was the, the playmaker on his squad. Um, they're guys that didn't win a lot of games and they came to a program in hopes to do so. And, and that's what they're doing. And I just think that they seem to be honestly like the perfect fit, the perfect match. I think a lot of people, you know, looked at both of these guys with some question marks uh, hey, the potential's there, but, you know, Mike Smith's never been a pass-first guard. He's always been a guy that goes and gets buckets. I mean, he has turned into a floor general, a great leader, um, you know, replicate a lot of the things that we've seen from Xavier Simpson, Derek Walton in the past. Um, Shawnee Brown's a guy who has, you know, an infectious attitude. He, he comes off the bench, plays about 20 minutes a game, incredibly efficient when he's on the court. Um, High-energy guy, a lockdown defender, and I think probably, you know, Michigan's fourth best player, um, even though he's coming off the bench. And another guy, talk about pros, I think, you know, could have a pro career himself. Uh, but he's played this perfect role as a sixth man. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, looking now, even 10 games of the season, uh, Juwan Howard nailed it with bringing these guys on. Um, you know, thankful that they're eligible, obviously. Uh, and I think that they make a huge difference on this team because they, they seem to be the exact pieces um, that many people thought Michigan would be missing this year. Yeah, Shondi Brown, the guy who you figure would probably be a starter in most programs. He just happens to be sitting behind uh, some really talented players Michigan has right now. So we'll have to uh, see how his how his game develops and, and, and where he takes it because, yeah, I mean – Talk about NBA guys in this roster. You know, can't count out uh, Shawnee Brown there. 
Looking ahead at Michigan's schedule here, I'll just run through the next handful of Wisconsin, Minnesota, Maryland, Purdue, Indiana, and then uh, another game against Northwestern and then Michigan State. Do you see Michigan's first loss in there? Yeah, I, I mean, it's got to come at some point, and it, it really does feel like Michigan's playing a, you know, basketball the level right now that they'll be unbeatable and it'd be awesome to see them hit, you know, 15 and 0, but you know, by the end of January, early February, you know, just with, you know, road games aren't the same. So you don't have to worry about going into a place like Purdue, like you would in the past. Um, but you know, a second Minnesota matchup, you know, Michigan played so well last night that, you know, Minnesota is a good team and we'll see what Minnesota does between, you know, last night in the next matchup, but it's always hard to beat a team twice. Um, I, I think that that could be a tough one. Wisconsin, you know, could go either way. Uh, I think Michigan's, you know, playing such great basketball right now, and maybe those extra days of rest over the weekend will help, you know, prepare them for Tuesday. And then you got to look all the way, like you said, to, um, to the first Michigan State matchup. That just every year, you know, it doesn't matter if Michigan's ranked higher or Michigan State's ranked higher. Um, there's always going to be a year where the where the underdog wins that matchup. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll have a loss between now and Michigan State, even if that loss um, ends up being Michigan State, um, because I, I, I don't think they'll go unblemished this year, uh, but I do think they'll come out of this conference season probably atop the Big Ten, if not, you know, at least fighting for it. Does this season remind you at all of uh, 2018-19 when Michigan beat Villanova, beat North Carolina, beat Purdue, all within like the first month of the season, and you're thinking, what the heck is this team? How are they this good? And and those three wins I mentioned, like they weren't even close. Does it feel at all like like that? I know we're not in the same part of the season, but they're just rolling. Yeah, and you want to know why it for me feels like that, and I almost brought this up is. That was another season where I think we started podcasting in January and that was the season that, you know, started a little earlier, like normal. I think Michigan was like 15 and 0 by the time we started podcasting <laughs> that year. So we're like, okay, uh, we're here to talk about Michigan I mean, I, I remember specifically watching that I was living in Florida at the time and I remember I was out to dinner during the Villanova game. Uh, you know, sadly watching it on my phone. Sorry, wife. Um, she knew about it, she was supportive, but just seeing them blow out Villanova when you didn't really expect them to do so. Um, I mean, that was a incredible season. You had the, you know, the North Carolina win, you beat a ranked Purdue team, um, you know, went on even to beat a, a ranked Indiana team. And then, you know, Big Ten season got the best of them. And they finished like 15 and five in the conference. I think probably something similar this year with the three to five losses. But yeah, I mean, it, it feels very much like that. This is a, a team that's, you know, really over the last few games done no wrong. Again, I think they'll slip up at some point just because that's, you know, Big Ten basketball. But this is a team like that team until they ran into Texas Tech, unfortunately. Um, this is a team that could easily, you know, be a, a force in the Big Ten tournament and then even the NCAA tournament. That team lost in the Sweet 16, correct, to Texas yeah, Tech? Yeah, that was an awful game. That was an awful game, yeah. I think they scored four points total. Does this team surpass that team in the NCAA tournament? I'd say I'd say so. I mean, again, who even knows what the tournament's going to look like? I know they're trying to do the whole thing in Indianapolis, which is awesome for you. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. 
hopefully I can, you know, find a way to be a part of that myself, not too far away. Um, but get your yeah. vaccine and come down here. That's the goal. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm calling everybody I know saying, Hey, you know, I, I represent a huge brand, um, of <laughs> Michigan basketball and I, I've got to get down there and, you know, be on press row, but I'm um, yeah, I need to be in the front of the line for the vaccine as well. Ab- absolutely. But yeah, no, I, I think that this team is as good as that team, if not better, um, that team had, you know, great, pieces um a younger livers uh xavier simpson iggy brasdakis jordan pool charles matthews john teske when he was playing good ball um yeah i mean absolutely good squad um high expectations after that incredible start and i mean they end up being like 20 and one that season um i think that this michigan team could easily you know be 15 and 0 be 20 and 1 20 and 2 uh, and we'll see how the end of the Big Ten season ends as there's some tough games there too. But yeah, this team so far, I'm I'm very impressed and, you know, beyond my expectations, which as a Michigan fan is nice because we talked football way too long. There's still people trying to talk football. We obviously will revisit football with all the craziness going on at some point. But it's nice to see a Michigan team, you know, bring happiness and yeah, they're doing exactly that for me. I'm very impressed, and it's it's exciting basketball to watch. Definitely. So like I said, Michigan uh, not playing Penn State on Saturday is the COVID-19 issue with the Nittany Lions. So the next game is January 12th. That's against Wisconsin, slated for 7 p.m., and that's on ESPN's home game, by the way. So uh, we'll get back to you probably sometime next week. And we'll, we'll be talking about Wisconsin, uh, hopefully a win. So until then, take care. Go Blue. Go Blue.